Okay, welcome to the Trauma Tally. I'm Heather. I'm Jay. And today is going to be our fun little palate cleanser. I'm actually really excited about I'm this. I'm excited too. So um, I'm kind of, like I said, crunchy. So I believe in some like weird little things. But this one, this one, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll let you tell me what you think about it. I know nothing. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the Mary Celeste ghost ship. Ghost ship. So, um... Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just so excited. I know nothing about Okay, this. so uh the Merciless Ghost Ship was a brigantine, which means it was a two-masted sailing vessel uh with a fully square rigging um foremast and at least two sails on the main mast, a square top sail and a gaff mainsail, which means it was kind of behind the mast. Okay. Okay. It was uh it was built in um Nova Scotia under the british registration it came out its port of registry was the Par parsboro nova scotia and it was named the amazon at that point okay okay yep so uh it eventually was renamed to the mary celeste um in 1868 when it transferred to american owners um and it was launched as an american vessel on may 18th 1872. okay and it sailed uneventfully until December of 1872. Okay, what right. happened in December? Yeah, so hold on, we're gonna we're gonna skip of 1872. Oh. We're gonna skip. Okay, okay. So first, we're gonna talk about her history, the Mary Celeste history as the Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Yep. So her. Um, so this is my first question: Do you believe the boats can be cursed? Um. It's it, it's like it, <laughs> you say yes, this. no, or maybe. I'm overthinking. Yes, this. no, or maybe. Yes, I think yes. so. Yes. Okay. So I kind of do too because listen to her. Listen to this poor boat. I don't know what they did, what happened to this boat, but on her maiden voyage, her uh, her captain uh, Robert McClellan fell ill and died less than a month later. So okay. then she ran into a fishing equipment in Maine and got damaged. Then she hit and sank another brigantine in the English Channel. Oh my gosh. Then she was subject to a painting in Maricel's, uh, France. Okay. Subject to a painting? A painting. What's so apparently mean? a painting is like, uh, French, you know, French, they love their art. Okay. No, no. I love French people. <laughs> I'm just joking. But back then, so a painting was when these artists in France would just go out and they would just randomly paint a ship. Okay. So think like graffiti. Oh, Okay, so graffiti. She was graffitied. Well, but it was a painting. painting. Like she was actually made into a painting. Oh. So she was subject to a painting. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So then she had kind of a, a break in her bad luck from 1863 to 1867. A break in bad Literally, luck. Literally, the entire, she was created in 1862, yeah. went on her first voyages in 1862. <laughs> so all of that happened between eight, between leaving the port in 1862 and 1863. Oh my goodness. So then she had four years of okay she luck. sounds like me. I'm kidding. <laughs> So then she had, uh, then she was driven ashore at Cape Britain Island and abandoned as a wreck due to damage from a storm. Okay. That's what happened in 1867. Okay. So she was sold as a derelict first to Alexander McBean, who then is sold it to American Richard W. Haynes on November of 1868. Okay. Haynes rebuilt, restored, and renamed the Amazon Mary Celeste, registering her with the collector of the Port of New York on December 1868. But she was repossessed. 
Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Haynes debtors seized her, and she was sold then to James H. Winchester, and he was head of the New York Consortium. And there was no records, really, of her trading and activities during that period. Interesting. Yeah. She was shady. So she was re in 1872 she was refit to enlarge the ship to make more room for cargo um the consortium at this point was made up of uh, uh as far as the owners of mary celeste itself were made up of winchester there was two minor investors and then there was captain benjamin spooner briggs okay so benjamin briggs was a sea legacy he was one of five sons of captain nathan briggs four of the five went to sea and two ended up as captains Benjamin was an observant Christian who read his Bible regularly and often bore witness to his faith at prayer meetings, is what this said. And of course, my sources on this are Wikipedia. I forgot to say that. So then he married his cousin because, you know, 1800s. (laughs) So then he married his cousin because, you know, 1800s. Because, you know, 1800s. He married his cousin, uh, Sarah Elizabeth Cobb, in 1862, and they had two children together. Arthur, who was born in 1865, and Sophia Matilda, who was born in 1870. Sweet. Uh, Benjamin considered retiring, but instead invested in the Mary Celeste. So on October 1872, his wife, infant daughter, accompanied him on his first voyage as commanding, uh, or sorry, first voyage commanding the Mary Celeste on her voyage from New York to Genoa. Genoa? Genoa? Italy? Say that for me, Genoa. Genoa, Genoa, no, Italy. Noah? I don't know. Um, and Arthur, Arthur was in school, so he stayed home with a grandparent. Okay. So all of the crew on this on this voyage were handpicked either by Briggs or they were recommended by Winchester. They were all described as peaceable and first class sailors. Ooh. Your first mate was Albert G. Richardson. Okay. Your second mate was Andrew Gilling. Your steward was Edward William Head. And then you had four general seamen, Volkert and Bose Lorenzen. Those are brothers. Okay. Arian Martins and Goldleek Goldschul. Whoa. I like saying that. (laughs) Goldleek Goldschul. Goldschul. (laughs) So October 20th, 1872, Mary Celeste was loaded with 1,701 barrels of alcohol. Wow. After a two-day delay due to storms... Riggs set sail November 1872 with his wife, child, cargo, and crew. So another boat, the DeGracia, and I'm probably saying that wrong, departed from Hoboken, New York, a few days after with a cargo of petroleum, also bound for Genoa, Italy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Some claim Briggs and, and the DeGroton captain, uh, David Morehouse, were friends. However, there is no proof, but they did likely know each other because, you know, the, so- the social circles and stuff. So now we get jumped to December fifth, uh, December fifth, eighteen seventy-two. Petroleum ship and alcohol ship. What could go wrong? Well, <laughs> halfway between the two shore, the uh, halfway between Azores and Portugal, and the and Portugal. Oh my goodness! Let me try that again. Words are hard. Halfway between the Azores and Portugal, the Di Gracia helm, helmsman reported a vessel heading unsteadily towards them at a distance of about six miles. The ship's erratic movement and odds then the odd set of her sails led Captain Morehouse to suspect something was wrong. Okay. So no one was on deck and no one answered the signals. So his his crewmen ID'd the ship by the name on the stern as the Mary Celeste. All right. Okay. No one was found aboard. 
And nope. how long ago, how long was it between so, the setting sail and them finding it? So October 20th is when they set sail. Okay. December 5th is when they found her. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. And they found no one aboard. The sails were partially set or missing. There was damage rigging with ropes hanging loosely over the sides. The main hatch was secured, but the four hatches at the front of the ship were open and the covers were sitting beside them on the deck. The only lifeboat was missing and the binnacle, which is a cabinet with their instruments, think like a modern day car dash mm -hmm. where they had like their compass and everything. Um, the binnacle cabinet was, had shifted and its glass cover was broken. There's about three and a half feet of water in the hole it was a little bit, but not enough to really, you know, considered terrible. And there was a sounding rod for measuring the amount of water in the hole that was abandoned on the deck. Okay. Okay. So the ship logs were found and they were, I'm sorry, don't mind the page turning. So they found the ship logs too? Yes. And he described upon finding her that she was in a disheveled but seaworthy condition under partial sails with the sails partially rolled and stored or reefed with her lifeboat missing. There was no one and no bodies aboard. So then they found the logs. Sorry, I have to go back and forth on my notes. I apologize. Um, ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum. The ship locks were found in the first mate's cabin, last dated from nine days before the ship was found. It recorded this ship's position nearly 400 nautical miles from where the DeGracia encountered it. Okay. Yep. Nine days. Mm-hmm. Yep. So something happened between... Well, nine days and so when she left left new york city um she was still amply uh she was had was full of provisions and she had her cargo when they found her she still was amply had an ample supply of provisions and the cargo of alcohol was intact the captain's crew captain and crew belongings were under undisturbed so not pirates then mm -hmm. okay yep all right. So all of that stuff was still on board. Yep. And so in that, and then their personal items were including a sword under the bed of the captain's bed. Uh, a lot of the paperwork though for the ship was missing, hmm. but the galley was fully stocked, stored and tidy and everything was indicated an orderly ship exit via the lifeboat, but there were no, and there were no obvious signs of that violence. So Morehouse, being the entrepreneuring man he was, decided to tow the boat into the into Gilbertshore, six hundred mile, nautical miles away, because marine time law says a salver or a recoverer of salvage could expect a substantial share of the values of the rescue, rescued ship and cargo. Hmm. So by splitting his crew between both ships, Morehouse bought, brought both boats into Gilbertshore by December twelfth, eighteen seventy two, and he wrote to his wife, "I can hardly tell what I am made of." But I do not care so long as I got in safe. I shall be well paid for the Mary Celeste. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he found her. He found her. Quote, and then, but he found her. Okay. Yeah. That sounds shady. I don't know. So then we start our salvage hearings. Okay. Okay. So salvage hearings began December 17th, 1872. Um, they were under Sir James Cochran, Chief of Justice of the Gobotur, and the hearing was conducted by Frederick Sully Flood. 
<laughs> That's a weird Attorney name. General of Gilbertshire, Advocate General, and, pr and Proctor for the Queen. Okay. So he's got a few titles. Sounds okay. important. Oh, in her office of Admiral Admiralty. Okay. Yeah. So Mr. Flood, or Attorney Flood, or Sir Flood, or whatever Flood. The Flood. The Flood. Yeah. Is described as a by a historian as a man whose arrogance and pomposity were universally... Oh my gosh. Described as whose arrogance and pomposity were inversely proportioned to his IQ. He was a jackass? No, he just wasn't as smart as he thought it was. Okay. And the sort of man <laughs> who, once he made up his mind about something, could not be shifted. Okay. So he was stubborn ass. Yeah. He okay. was stubborn. <laughs> he was a, he was he was a, a dumb stubborn ass. He was a stubborn okay. dumb ass. <laughs> stubborn. Good Lord, words are hard today. Oh, my gosh. Stubborn dumbass. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So he became convinced that foul play was to blame. Ooh. So basically, he kind of had, he was like, all right, well, nobody can have anything on the ship right now. Oh, okay. So the reason why he believed this was he found cuts on each side of the bow. Possible blood on Captain Briggs' sword. This cracks me up. A vial of sewing machine oil sitting in an upright position and not displaced from something like a storm that would have knocked it over. What? That yeah. doesn't even make sense. Because it didn't get like knocked I over. I understand what you're saying, but why is that? I know. But no that's, that's his evidence, okay? I don't understand. <laughs> and there was no evidence of a collision or of it being a, uh, run aground. And he said that there was also possible blood near deep marks that he believed to be from an axe. And again, this was Flood. Okay. So Flood's theory was that some of the crew had got at the alcohol, murdering Briggs and his family and the officers in a drunken frenzy and then fleeing in the only lifeboat. The lifeboat. He also believed that Captain Morehouse was hiding something like they had not uh, hiding something like he believed they had found the ship further east. Like because Flood didn't movie. believe it could be, it could travel so far unmanned. Okay. So, poor poor Winchester, you know, he's like, okay, I've got money in this boat and everything else, so I'm going to see if I can't go get it, um, get it released so that I can try and make my money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that was on January 15th. He arrived at Gilbert, uh, I, I'm probably saying this wrong, Gilbertor, Gil Gilberto, okay, anyway. Gibraltar? Maybe. Gibraltar. Tell me, tell me that, that word. Put your glasses on, Granny. Put my glasses on. Okay. Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Okay. I'm not going to remember how to say that, so That's I'm going to okay. probably point at you to say that. Okay. Okay. He, he arrived at Gibraltar to find out when the cargo could be released, but Flood demanded a surety of $15,000. That's a lot of money. That Winchester there. did not have. Of course not. So then Flood also believed, well, what, well, maybe Winchester hired a crew to kill Briggs and his officers. An insurance ploy. Okay. Um, Winchester, Winchester told Flood in one argument that Briggs would not have abandoned the ship except in extremity. Flood's theories fell apart when the blood is found as proven, I'm sorry, not to be blood, and the cuts on the bow due to weather and not man-made. Mm. So on February 25th, Flood had to release the Mary Celeste due to lack of evidence. Captain George Blatchford sailed her to Genoa and the salvage... Uh, award was determined by Cochrane to be a measly 1,700 pounds, <laughs> which it was a half to a third of what it should have been. Hmm. So let's talk theories. 
Okay. We're going to talk theories now. So the theories were mutiny of her crew. Okay. Which is, you know, Flood's Possible. theory with the getting at the alcohol and getting, getting all, all wild crazy. in there. And <laughs> wild and crazy. Wild guys. and crazy. Um, we do remember we're missing a man, a wife, his infant. Yeah. Were they and never, then the crew. Were they never found? Nobody was ever found. No one was ever found. No trace of them was ever found. Not the lifeboat. Nobody. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So piracy by the Digratia. So Morehouse's boat. Mm-hmm. That that was one of the theories that they pirated the ship. Uh, insurance possible. fraud, which mm-hmm. again, that's the Winchester one. But no no evidence to support these theories, but they ultimately led to a lower salvage award, the 1,700 pounds. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So another theory is that they got into the lifeboat as a precaution. They took that sounding rod. Maybe they thought that there was more water in the hole than there was and was sinking. So they got into the lifeboat as a precaution and for some reason or another ended up, um, ended up coming untied. The rope was cut. They floated away from the ship and they were never seen or heard from again. That's another theory. That's the one I kind of lean towards, to be honest with you. Um, now the wild theories, you ready for these? Okay. Alcohol fumes from the cargo. So when they would transport alcohol in these barrels back in the day, they would have like tiny minuscule like gaseous explosions that would go off. They would kind of like <laughs> pop and, and make noise and stuff the whole time they were transporting it, you know, because okay. they have no way to like actually seal it in. And so somebody thinks that maybe the alcohol, the fumes came up and everybody got some kind of like wonky about it (laughs) and had hallucinations and fought, you know. Another thing that some people were saying were submarine earthquakes, which my my dumbass was like, submarines? They don't have submarines then. (laughs) under the sea yeah i figured that out it took me a minute okay okay we're not going to talk about what time of night i did this and i was in the middle of work and literally it was probably about two three o'clock in the morning because i work nights and i'm like submarines they didn't have submarines in the 1800s yeah then i realized it's underwater Underwater. earthquakes okay water spouts which are basically water tornadoes yeah or the giant squid Ooh. so um there was actually a guy who did an experiment where he basically rebuilt something that was the shape and size of the hole of the Mary Celeste. And in it, he put like some alcohol style stuff and created like this mini like explosion, but it did, but the way that it worked is the ship was intact. The manholes popped off the four. So like a controlled explosion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To, to prove that maybe this is what happened. The hatches, Anyway, his, his little example, the hatches came off, the alcohol exploded, everything else in the ship was fine. So the one theory is, is that happened. And so they decided they had to get away from the ship because they thought it was sinking, but it really the alcohol just burned it all off real quick. Mm. But there was no signs of, of fire damage or anything like that. So absolutely nobody knows what happened to the crew of the Mary Celeste. Okay. So they never showed up anywhere. Never showed up anywhere. Nobody ever saw them ever again. Um, there was one gentleman that tried to claim he had been part of the crew, but he was never listed on any of the crew. Um, but what did he say happened? Just curious. Do we know? Um, he said something, but 
that was two o'clock in the morning that I forgot to write it down. Oh, so, but I think it was something like along the lines of uh, mutiny and escaped and that kind of thing. So the sword under the bed, was that the captain's sword? Yeah, it was the captain's sword and it didn't have blood on it. It wasn't blood. It okay. was proved to not be blood. Okay. Yeah. But captains don't typically leave behind their sword, I wouldn't think. Exactly. So but he but he took all his other instruments. So was like, this anywhere near the Bermuda Triangle? I'm just kidding. Well, it was I don't know. We would have to look at a map. <laughs> it was between kidding. Portugal and Portugal and the Azores. So I don't know. But yeah, I'll so that's the mystery of the Mary Celeste ghost ship. I don't know. Like I don't know what so what do you, would you I don't know. Like Like I really lean towards the theory of they all climbed in the lifeboat for some reason and like something scared them enough that they got into the lifeboat. But why was the lifeboat detached? But also the lifeboat, the way that it sat uh, when it was stored was over that main hatch. Well, the main hatch wasn't disturbed. Oh, okay. So there's that too. So it's like, I don't know. Cause like the captain's sword still being there makes me think something. But he took all the paperwork for the ship. But not the sword though. But not the sword, not the alcohol. I mean, I don't know. If I was a captain, I would want my weapon. I mean, but they left they left the ship's logs too. That's what I don't get. So, like, you know, you're like, okay, um, so the what was his name? Albert. Okay, <laughs> Albert, you forgot the logs. So, so the paperwork. What, what kind of paperwork did they take? So, like, the captain's log isn't there. The, the captain's log. Okay. You know, captain's log, starting yeah. 1872, ship whatever date. that would be. <laughs> But yeah, it's like so you the know, ship log was there, the captain's log wasn't there, mm -hmm. the captain's sword was there, which that just really bothers me. The captain's sword being the there. The captain's sword being there. Yeah. I can that see makes that. me think of uh against his will. Because I mean if I was a captain, I would want my weapon. I don't care what's happening. Well, and not only that, like he his, he's missing, his baby's missing, and you gotta think about poor Arthur who's left at home with nobody but his grandparents to raise him, you know? Yeah, it's like, I don't know why anybody would want to take their wife and small child anyway. You know, back in, it, it was a different time. I know, but I mean. Yeah, Albert was the first mate's name. I was just okay. verifying that. So Albert forgot the damn logs. Well, even if there was like a mutiny, they never showed up. Like yeah. the people never showed up. Mm-hmm. No, none of the crew showed up. None, the captain, his wife, the baby, none of them. And he left First the mate, second mate. That sword bothered me, y'all. If y'all can't figure this out, she said in her accent. The sword is bothering She said me. in her accent. Um, yeah, the sword, like, what what happened? Like, where were they taken as, you know, it's the 1800s. Were they taken as a slaves and just never heard know. from again? I mean, I mean like, like, I think that if it was piracy, if it was a form of piracy, you would think they would take the ship and the stuff in it. And well, and that's why they they people say that maybe the digrasha, I'm probably saying that wrong. Digrasi. Yeah, I don't. Maybe. Degrassi? Maybe. I know it's D E I G R A T I A, and um, oh, my my okay. okay, my southern doesn't allow me to say things the right way sometimes. Okay, I'm just saying, but um, so that's why they think that maybe they did it because of, for the salvager or the salver price. Okay. So that's where that one comes from. So I'm thinking maybe, well, I mean, there's a couple things that could happen. Aliens. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know we discussed aliens earlier. Um, um, off, no, off mic. A couple things could have happened. I guess the people that salvaged the ship uh, did away with the crew. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, let's not forget the octopus or whatever it was. What the was giant it? squid. The squid. <laughs> giant yeah. squid. The giant squid. Then, like, I don't know, like... The, the, 50, 000, saying, it, was it 50,000 leagues under the sea or 20,000 leagues under the 20, sea with the giant squid? Yeah. I, and, I'm, I mean, maybe Cape, Captain Ahab, you know, the whale, could have showed up. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, right on the middle of that lifeboat. I don't know, like, because... The sword, it's just bothering me because, like, a captain would want their weapon if he doesn't have his weapon. Like, it sounds like he didn't even have time to go get it, you know? Yeah, exactly. But everything was packed up and tightly. Like, he ran a, a, apparently a very smooth ship, but for some reason, what bothers me is the um, the hatches being open because those hatches uh, a lot of times were used to store extra equipment, so like they would store harpoons and things like that for whalers they would keep those in there but if it you know in this particular boat it would be like extra ropes and things like that well and then then the sails being messed up and all the all the rigging hanging down and the sails were partially uh, tied up but not all the way she was at half mast so, so she's just messed up enough to look like a salvage yeah is that what you're saying yeah and so, I mean, and they only have the report of Captain Morehouse's crew to say that she looked like that when they found her. Did so, she look like that when she came into port? Yeah, she looked like that when she came into okay. port. She was partially disabled and she was actually, the two ships, she was actually a day late because of fog. Um, he came, his, his ship arrived first and then she came in with the skeleton crew uh, the next day because of fog. But... Yeah, like, that's what she looked like when she got to port. So who's to say, like, a lot of people are saying, well, who's to say that Captain Morehouse's crew didn't just uh, didn't get rid of, you know, Mary Celeste's crew and then rub the ship up enough to make it look like. Well, I mean, I think you would want to go into that guy's history and see if, like, he got a history of just finding stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, Well, I mean, and Salver, Salver's like i mean marine time law and salvers they were just allowed to do it you know if they found a wreck or they found a ship or they found like it, if they weren't saleable they were a derelict mm -hmm. so that's why that one was crashed and left as a derelict and sold as a derelict so i mean i don't know man i don't know so I it's a good mystery isn't it it's is a good mystery i'm just like wow it's very it be, fascinating i mean you know that could be alcoholic off gassing and all kinds of craziness yeah going on there but all kinds I'm they just had going to have back been, to that sword that they had to have been me. left on that lifeboat they had to have been left on that lifeboat maybe a float out somewhere either they did it to themselves by accident you know albert he forgot the logs maybe he forgot to tie off the lifeboat i mean who knows maybe they ate some bad wheat <laughs> maybe they ate some bad wheat i mean who I knows know. like I there's so many different things that it could be well, obviously they died because they never showed up anywhere. Right. They either died or they were taken prisoner to some foreign country somewhere. Somewhere. Or somewhere. I don't know. I don't so, know. So, anyway, that's the Mary Celeste. She's very interesting, very intriguing, very... Ooh. She's very... Ooh. It's just kind of creepy just to think about that. You know? That just people, like, just, people disappear. just disappear. I mean, that's one of the ones I have on the list for us. Uh, and believe it or not, one of my other podcasts I listen to, um, and that's why we drink is what it's called. They just yeah. did the flight, uh, the Malaysia flight 377, or three, I think it's 377. So, oh, anyway, that one where they just completely disappear. They just did that one. I was oh, wow. like, oh. I want to so, do that it, one so bad. It like makes your stomach feel weird when you think about it. It's like oh, I don't people know. just disappearing, just man. Disappear. 
So um, we've got a lot in store. We got mysteries every now and then for palate cleansers because they're kind of fun to just talk about and discuss. And then we've got, you know, some true crime, some culty things. Um, we might dip into some other things that focus more on mental health because we do really like that. But we appreciate you listening. Thanks yes. for listening Thank and um, have a good day. Bye. Bye.